Listen to part two with Dr. Gina Grandy as she talks about being the reluctant leader, delivering difficult messages with compassion, and creating a learning organization that seeks continuous improvement. I am gonna, if I can though, tell you something. So I think very much a reluctant leader and people see other things in you. Um, I will tell you this funny story if I can. When I was applying for the Dean's position, I mean, oh, they always gonna ask you these questions. What are your strengths? What are, I hate those questions. <laughs> My mother happened to be visiting me at the time. Oh, thank the Lord for mothers. <laughs> my mother. I have a great relationship. She thinks I'm gold, all these things. So I say to her, Mom, what do you think my weaknesses are? I said, because they're going to ask me whatever. So here's what she says to me. First, I think you're too generous. And I thought, okay, yeah, I can live with that. The second one was, you're not a very good housekeeper. And I <laughs> question and I am people who know me well will know I can be candid and I and I kind of will try to be I don't I can't tell a joke but I do try to bring humor in what I'm doing honestly it took everything out of me when Tom Chase our previous is asking me a similar question about where might we want to invest Gina to you know ensure your success and I wanted to say well according to my mother I'm maybe a housekeeper everything in me not to say it so I mean again I go back to I have had the you know so many people calling alongside of me um, you know whether it's in the UK when I lived in the UK um, you know our president our provost our pre my previous deans colleagues and you know I have reached out to them in lots of occasions and and here's what I've tried to do is um, you know it's one of these things I don't think there's very much about me that's original and all that innovative. Um, what I do is I look around the people who I encounter and I pick, cherry pick different things in regards to, wow, that was really effective and try to do my very best to emulate it. So I am this bricolage. I think of all of these different people who've been willing to give me their time over here. And the other thing I will say is, Colin, you know, Every day is the same, but every day is different. You know, I try my very best. Some days at the end of the day, think, yeah, I got it right today. But you know what? Most days, I kind of at the end of the day, think, why do I have to learn that same lesson over and over and over again? Tomorrow, Gina, you need to be better. I, I, I'm just going to ask. The housekeeping thing is fine. I mean, although I would just, <laughs> I, I would have hiked up the rent. <laughs> just uh, just switching the tone a little bit, and it's something that has been really, uh, I've been observing in the last 10 or so years, and coming from a sports background, it probably comes from that. Do you find that? we're as competitive as we need to be as our generation or you find that we've created a less competitive leadership environment um, that for, and i'm trying to frame this the right way are, are we trying to award and reward everything to make everyone feel comfortable 
whereas a little agitation, a little bit more competitiveness probably create more solid leadership. Yeah, so I'm going to sort of answer that, Tavis. And so if you don't like the answer, you can say, no, Dina, I want an answer to this question. So here's what I, I'm going to say to that is um, part of what I try to do, and, and um, you know, I've had two bosses now who have said to me, thank you for your candor, Gina. And I said to one of them, I don't know if that's a compliment or if I've gone too far. So there's a point here in that notion of, I believe that as leaders, we have to be courageous. And courageous means being honest with people, Pavis. And, and I, I am coming to a point around kind of the competitiveness because I think it's linked. I think it is hard to tell people sometimes at least my version of the truth or what I see and those types of things. Because I'm going to be honest, I'd much rather make people happy than angry or sad or all of those kinds of things. Um, but I try really hard to be courageous in regards to the conversations I have with people. I've worked really hard at how I frame that. And I don't think that's not about non-competitive. I do try to be constructive in my tone. I've worked really hard so that, that I can deliver difficult messages, doesn't mean I always get it right, in a way that actually is a learning opportunity. So I, on the one hand, I do agree with you in the sense that I think it's hard and we shy away from having difficult conversations with people in regards to their leadership growth, our interpersonal interactions and those kinds of things. And I can't say if that's different than it was before, but what I can say is I, we don't see enough of that. And I, and, I, and I don't think that's the same as someone kind of in your face being rude to you. That's a different, I think it takes a certain type of skill and we have to work hard to be able to deliver difficult messages sometimes. But I also believe as a leader, we have a commitment to be able to, we have a commitment and a responsibility to do that. So I think you're right in the sense that I don't think we deliver enough of those difficult messages because um, either we don't have the skills to do it or actually it's really stressful or we, we haven't equipped people with that kind of feedback. And I've seen some things whereby, you know, we've done, a, I just say we as a collective kind of thing, that's safest for me to say it that way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in trying to create, I'll say, a learning organization, um, you know, we should always be, and even for me, and who likes to be criticized, right? But it is a natural part of growth. I'm not saying I always like it. If it's something you expect, I can feel a comfort level. If it's kind of like, whoa, did not expect that one, it's harder. But We've been trying, we, like, I think we have to do more in regards to whether it's performance reviews and those things around every, every, doesn't matter if you're a superstar, we really do need to be having at least part of the conversations around continuous improvement. And, and I think what we've, what's happened is that actually um, we've in some ways created a climate and a culture whereby if you offer those things around continuous improvement, the person on the receiving end actually takes it as, well, you're telling me I'm not doing my job well. I mean, sometimes people don't do their jobs well, but, <laughs> but you know, all of us, we are such imperfect creatures. And so, you know, here's what I would say is I have seen that in lots of organizations, 
Um, we're not doing enough of that. And, and again, I mean, in classrooms are different because we have lots of students who don't do as well as they'd like to. Um, and, um, and, you know, I'll leave that there. But I would say as institutions and organizations, that's when you'd call it competitiveness. I might actually frame it slightly differently in regards to, I think it's the, essentially the same thing. We are, we find it hard to have those tough conversations, so we mostly avoid it. I don't know if that's close enough or not, Cavis, in regards to, you know, what you're looking at. And again, the same thing with students. Like, you know, I have colleagues of mine, I'm not saying I always get it right, but you know, we'll, we'll, that tough love, I mean, you know, I had to have a tough love conversation last week. I'm not going to get into the details, but it is that notion of you can be compassionate and you can be caring. Hopefully you've done enough in your actions to demonstrate that you do care about people, that you do make good decisions for the institution that are thoughtful. If so, people will give you a longer leash to hang yourself with. <laughs> you can have those tough conversations that sometimes we need, but it doesn't always feel good for me and for the other person, but we have an obligation as leaders to do that. Oh man, you're good, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> we did a 360 evaluation based on some of the conversations I've had over the last week. I am not sure all of my colleagues <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to to um, to the kind of last little bit here um, really quickly. But you know, you have um, and and I realize this was started uh, prior to your your role as dean, but. Uh, you know, the, there's been traditional events that have been held uh, by the Leaders' Council that, you know, often there's been dinners or these networking events. But the, the thing that I, I would ask if maybe you could share more specifically with, you've, you've been able to bring in speakers, often CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, leading leading organizations, um, uh, you know, from from really amazing speakers and have these little intimate discussions with them where you bring bring a I'm gonna call it almost a master class, but a but a small group of, of of leaders around them. And we get the chance to kind of sit at the feet and and they talk about things that I'm actually surprised to talk about. Like they're just very vulnerable in these moments and and uh, and I've I've just drawn so much from them and, and I know you've been very could you Talk about a little bit about the value. I, I, I've expressed what I feel about it, but the value that you see in that, and how important is that? Are those kinds of things to developing leaders? Yeah, I mean, tremendously important. And we, you know, we're very fortunate, as you know, Colin. I mean, we have um, great support from the community, which allows us. So, you know, Paul Hill, for example, when we have our Hill dinner. I mean, we would never be able to get, you know, the, I mean, now former CEO, but CEO of Enbridge coming in right. to, you know, coming in and, and we don't pay him to come in. I mean, we couldn't do that without kind of the generosity of some of our partners in the community. You know, in other instances, when we brought in kind of great speakers, let even say for our Levine dinner or other events, again, We've had partners in the community who have made, you know, I love it. I mean, never before 
you know, I've had two occasions as Dean when I come in and there's an envelope and I open it and there's checks for $50,000. You got to love it, Colin, right? Um, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> so we have partners in the community who um, will are generous and allow us to be able to bring in some of those real, you know, those thought leaders that otherwise we wouldn't have access. So I, I think that's important to share, you know, that um, people, you know, this happened before me, but we're allowed to continue to do this. I can't, I mean, you know, the dinners are great, but when we have, whether it's a virtual speaker series or whether it's, um, you know, those one-on-one -on -one exclusive interviews, I mean, a couple things I'll say. Really, it's about those people and, and their willingness to engage in that way. And I think that speaks to most, an awful lot of leaders that are out there, right? We put people up on pedestals, but quite frankly, we're all human beings, right? And when we get those people in those rooms, what we see are human beings and, and their generosity of spirit to share that is wonderful. But here's the other thing I will say is part of at least my conversations as well when we have some of those speakers is also about telling them the willingness to be vulnerable. And I always say that because I think that's when we get those greatest kind of like, whoa, right? Whoa moments. It's incredibly important. And we try to do as much as we can for our students to expose them to those types of conversations, um, whether it's through their speaker series or their extracurricular activities. But the community is incredibly um, engaged and are willing to give their time. People like you, Colin, so many people. I won't tell you to who because I know it's being recorded and uh, he'll, he would be fine. But you know, uh, we were having our recent Leaders Council student recognition event. Right. And we have Kavis this, we do a networking thing as part of that. So one of our CEOs in the community I saw, who's quite frank with me, he said, oh, Gina, I don't need to go to that, do I? And I said, and so I looked at them and I said, well, I can say that you have, a, I believe you have a moral obligation to come. You are a leader in our community. And, you know, it's that kind of a, you know, students need to have that kind of engagement. I said, I think you have a moral obligation. What's really funny, this part I'll say because it'll be fine. He said, uh, yeah, Mo Bundan told me the same thing. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> But that willingness to be vulnerable, um, expose our students to those, absolutely. But again, I do think it comes back to great speakers, great access to the community, but it does require people who are willing to come in and engage and be vulnerable because we can all get up and deliver a speech, right? We can all get out and, and often someone will write it for us. Um, but it is in those moments. And the other thing I'm going to say is I know she was a guest recently for you is, you know, also all you need to do is to get Senator Pamela, no, I should say journalist, <laughs> as your interviewer, and there is no choice. Because in our most recent one, and I, I won't go into the details, but you know, she was our moderator. I get her whenever I can to do that. And she was fantastic. But I spoke to her afterwards and I said, yeah. Just so you know, that was not Senator Wallen, that was journalist Wallen in there, and I'm glad I was not the one on the other end of that kind of interview. So again, you need to have the right people who's willing to pull that out of people as well. But our student leaders have access to that here, but also our community. Like I want us to be seen as a place of thought leadership, Colin, right? Yeah. So people are thinking about Hill, people are thinking about Levine, thinking about the University of Regina and saying, well, no, I don't want to miss this event. 
because I know there's going to be some real nuggets there that I'm not going to get otherwise. <laughs> we, we tried to interview Senator Wallen. Good luck. And she, she, she turned the tables on us a few times. <laughs> I love her. I love her. Um, but another, you know, there's another one of our partners. Like, I can pick yep. up the phone and I can call Senator Wallen and say, I need your help with this or are you around, right? What's interesting is I think she thinks I'm too polite and I smile at that because I just think, yeah, there's a funny thing though because all my bosses tell me I'm too candid. So, you know, maybe I'm able to juggle depending on who it is I'm interacting with. So yeah, but so, she's great. So you're, you're the assassin that smiles when the bullet leaves. <laughs> <laughs> we, you, here's my favorite saying, Kevin. I start with saying, I don't mean any disrespect, but oh, here it comes. Um, with no, no disrespect, but you know, and, and I will also say I'm really good at taking responsibility and apologizing. So there has been more than one occasion, probably too many, where I will have sent emails or reach out to my bosses later to say, yeah, I might have went too far. I may owe you an apology if so. And they've been really good and really generous with me. But I'll tell you this other thing is that kind of, I think, um, humanity is also important. And I won't tell you a specific thing, but I will say I've had a couple of hiccups. Um, and I thought you know, my, mm, things were a bit, mm, how is this going to go? Am I going to lose my job? But here's how I approach it. I went into my boss and I knew it was going to be a tough meeting. And here, you know what I said? I said, okay, so can we start with the scolding first and get that over with? And it's sort of, <laughs> kind of, I think, and again, in fairness, I think it's my own coping mechanism to deal with what is a really tense, uncomfortable situation. But it, and that's the part about breaking. But that I mean, it went fine. I'm still here. All is good. But that was what I thought. Like I can't hack this any longer. Like, hey, can we start with the scolding and we get it over with and we move forward? So yeah. Oh, Kavis, you you have to ask the 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 the, the final famous question because okay. uh, I'll. I don't even know. I, I'm trying every time we ask this question. I have a general idea what it's going to be responses. Like you can kind of tell. No, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> this is the first time I have no clue. I, I, I'm trying to figure it out because when I'm, I want to listen to this again because there's so many, so many wonderful uh, pieces of knowledge there. I want to, I want to frame it by saying this: uh, candor is good because I, I really feel in leadership we create gray and when we create gray we create uncertainty and we don't, don't allow people to be able to move forward and it's sometimes better to ask for forgiveness uh, than to create a murkiness because clarity right wrong or indifferent is going to allow people an opportunity to know the pathway so um, the question we usually ask is when we first started this we wanted to say okay at the end of this we want to be able to create what we would see as a prototypical leader that that individual that has all the, the right characteristics and qualities that will define the Arnold Schwarzenegger of leadership and what is and we asked the, the guests, what is the one quality that you believe that that individual should have? Yeah, so here's what I'm going to say is, first off, you know, come on, I can't choose one. Like, at least I have to be a choice. 
Oh, you know me well enough already. Start with the scolding. Start with the scolding. Let's get that over with. There's nothing about me, Kavis, that is concise. I use too many words. I have lots of things to say. And you're saying to me, one. Like, seriously. Or if you want to things, okay, fine, I'll pick one today. If you ask me tomorrow, I'd pick another one. So, one is tough, so I'm going to break the rules. Mm. And I'll start with one. I have a feeling this is going to happen. How about if I say, uh, I mean, I think there are lots, but I'm going to give you my top three. How does that say? And then you can say, fair enough. But I'm going to say in no particular order. How do I feel, uh, Colin, like this was a setup that you yeah. had to <laughs> Come on. You one. Like, seriously. And I, I mean, on a, more, on a more serious note, here's what I will say, and this will come from my leadership studies. Um, in fairness, the best leaders are people who are able to flex styles and ability. So I, I'm gonna now I'll, I'll, I'll kind of step. So there's my defense. Maybe I would have been more persuasive if I started with that one as my rationale. Yeah, but okay, I'm not. You know, I'll think about that one the next time. But in fairness, I mean that is true. The research shows that actually um, those leaders who are able to flex styles and adapt, right? Given the circumstances, given the people, given what you're facing are actually the most effective leader. So this is why I'm going to say you have given me a flawed question, Kavis. Um, I'm kidding. So anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm myself. Uh, but I'll tell you a couple. And I don't actually think there's all that. I don't think what I'll say is all that uh, surprising. I mean, I'm clearly, I hope, quite, and Colin hopefully would say, I'm quite relational, but that's not what I'm going to say. The first one I'll say, but not necessarily number one, um, is empathy. And, um, you know, I would, and I try really hard to be empathetic. I think it's hard to teach empathy, but you can. Um, and I know that, you know, some of the things we work on when people do an emotional intelligence assessment where we talk about kind of, you know, you can almost even fake it until you make it. Um, and so you can learn empathy, right? You can learn empathy. But I'll tell you why I think empathy is so critically important. Um, because again, it goes back to those blind spots. It goes back to all those things that actually, and it's a bit cheesy, I know, to say if you put yourself in someone else's shoes and all those things. But actually, leadership is so isolating, and we kind of forget. You know, here's what I need to do. You, you know, these people are not reasonable. They need to work harder. They're making my life harder. Why are they? You know, we we can fall in those kinds of unhealthy conversations with ourselves. Um, empathy is incredibly important because if we're able to see it from somebody's side as best as we're able, I think we frame the conversation very differently. Sometimes it'll change the decision we make. Sometimes it doesn't change the decision we'd make, Cavis. But what it does is it changes how we actually approach that conversation and how I might move forward with it. And I think, you know, for me, when I started as dean, I did what I call the listening tour, um, and I kind of I met with all the staff and I met with the faculty members who would meet with me. That's how my life goes, kind of thing. Um, but part of it was about hearing what was on their mind and moving forward. And I said, look, I'm not making any provinces, but I want to hear if there's something you'd like for me to know. So I think you have to know people. Um, you have to know things about people. You have to ask questions to help you with empathy, right? Because when you learn or you know that someone's mother has just died last week. I'm not saying that it excuses the behavior, but for me personally, 
here's how I will say it helps me better understand the behavior or what has happened. And if I understand, then it means actually I can say as a leader I have far more tolerance for what's happening and I approach it very differently because, you know, again, not explaining away the behavior, I'm not kind of, oh, so not excusing the behavior, but I think you have to try to know people and what's going on in their life and that allows you to be able to approach it differently and understand what's going rather than jump. So I'm going to say empathy is one of the top three. Um, the second one I'm going to say is, and, it, and I think we can call it all kinds of different things, but I'm going to call it courage. And that can be accountability, right? That can be um, that can be honest conversations. That can be speaking out. And I've learned over time. Again, I don't always get it right. There's times when you leave a meeting where you're like, "Oh, I should have said more." There's times when I leave a meeting where I say, "Yeah, I said too much." Um, so I don't always get. But here's a trick that I have learned: that I have a physiological response when something is um, makes me uncomfortable or I feel something's not quite right about a situation. My stomach flips. It's not a nervousness. And so what I have attempted to do, and what I learned over time was, like say you're having this group and someone says something, and you know, when I leave later, I think, come on, that person just insulted me. And you're like, Jimmy, you didn't even say anything to them. Or, you know, they say something where you just think, whoa, that was really unfair. But in the moment, you know, it doesn't hit you and you don't have that response and it's later you just think, oh, I should have said something, I should have done something. But I learned that often in those situations, if there's something, my stomach will flip. And what I've tried to do over time is, when that happens, is to take a second and kind of try to assess and reflect the situation. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes I'm being sensitive, right? Sometimes or whatever, or I'll even kind of ask my question, what about this conversation makes me uncomfortable? And sometimes what I have done is just that. Even when I don't know what it is, sometimes I will say, I have to say, there's something about this conversation right now that's making me uncomfortable. Even when I can't, so I'm going to say, and I don't always get it right, sometimes I wish I could be more fierce and more courageous. Sometimes I think I'm too soft and I just think, oh, Jeannie, you're just a softie. But I will say that we need to have more courageous leadership. And courageous doesn't mean telling people a truth that necessarily, as I said before, it's in your face and it's rude. I think we have to learn particular skills and, you know, talking about the clarity. Catherine Pollack, you probably both yeah. know, once said, yeah. said something like, there is a kindness to clarity. And so I thought, I think that's quite wise in that notion of sometimes having and being clear about your expectations is actually being kind to people. But I think that takes courage. Um, and so cur being courageous. And the last one, I mean, I could throw in all kinds of different ones as my third one. Um, but here's what I'm going to say I think is important because it's what gets me through. I'm going to say humor. Now, I'm not claiming to be funny. So let me be clear about that. But I am saying I think a healthy dose of humility and being able to laugh at yourself. And there, listen, we're almost at time, which is good, because I could tell you a couple of stories where you just think, whoa, but there have been moments where you just think, this is probably my all-time embarrassment. Um, but I think you have to, you have to have something that you can laugh at 
you have to laugh at yourself. You have to, and in fact, sometimes I have to watch myself, and I remember a colleague accused me once, actually, that I was flippant. Um, because I had, um, in about a really serious conversation, had probably kind of passed it off as, you know, and, and been a little bit humorous. It wasn't about, so I have to be careful that actually I don't use it as a way um, unintentionally or without recognizing and giving an impression that something, you know, doesn't matter. Mm. But really, it is my coping mechanism and for others to kind of think, even in the darkest times, surely there's something we can laugh at. You know, Maria here who works in the office, we make a joke saying, we really should do the Dean's Office reality show. Um, you would not believe. <laughs> I'm not going there because I will leave my job. Um, <laughs> and Maria sometimes is coming in and she's like, let's say she's had a cold or after a cold and she's she has been coughing, right? She'll just, Gina, stop it. I can't. You're hurting my belly. So, again, I don't think I am funny. I can't remember a punchline in a joke. But I can say we cannot take ourselves, while we have to take what we do seriously, we cannot take ourselves too seriously because it will, I mean, it will eat us alive. So if I can't laugh, I also have a really high tolerance for people who are a bit goofy, quite frankly. Um, and, 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 you know, there you go, Colin, send it. <laughs> part of that is I need to have like laughter. I mean, then there's all kinds of studies. It's not my area of research, all kinds of studies about how we need to laugh. It's better. I'm not being dismissive about the seriousness of my job, but I have to say that actually we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. Um, I'm not going to say laugh at others. Um, but what I will say is I love it when I have relationships with colleagues. And I'll tell, I will tell you this one. So this morning, uh, we present at Senate. Kev, as you won't know, Senate is kind of like the ultimate decision body in the university. In Saskatchewan, the act says that um, there are people from all over the province, all kinds of sectors come in. So it's internal people and external people. Uh, we've been doing something the last few years where the president invites a faculty or a school to present. So last October was mine. And so you talk about the competitiveness. I have a little bit of that in there. So, I mean, not to, what the intent was not to show up my colleagues, but it was more about the notion, I want people to see how good we are at Hill and Levine. So our team here, I kind of gave them the challenge and I said, I, this is our opportunity. So gonna say, we upped our game. I'm, uh, we were pretty good. So I'll just say, I, I mean, I'm being honest, we brought swag, we did all kinds of, anyway. So here's the funny part when you talk about it. So, and my colleagues were incredibly kind and complimentary. So today, and so I will say this because of course, my colleague in my decanal colleague in kinesiology um, actually was presenting kinesiology and health studies. And so he comes in in the beginning, and we have a really good relationship. And he says, I said, so Harold, you're ready? He said, yeah, but I might as well tell you. He said, there's going to be something at your expense here this morning. He's like, come on, Harold. So he starts standing at this body. The first thing he says when he starts is, so what I can tell you first off is I'm not going to be as long as Gina is. So this is the Business students who join us in this, and at the end of it, 
And uh, we were talking, so he brought some swag, he had some sweaters, but you know, he didn't have enough for everyone. But then he starts and says, so we brought, we brought all the things, but we brought socks. So branded socks, everyone got a pair of socks. So at the end of it, he end, starts and ends with, you know, somebody, at the end, he's, yeah. So Gina brought in in socks, really. What's the point of socks for swag? Unless the only time anyone's going to see them is if you're walking on the beach with them on and you're wearing flip-flops. I bring socks. He said, I brought some sweatshirts. I don't have enough, but, you know, we'll do a draw. And he said, for all senators who are not faculty, if you want uh, a full year pass to all the kind of the sports-related events, he said, you let Sarah know and we'll get you a year pass for two, you and the guests, right? And he kind of said, yeah, exactly, right? But you love it. So you kind of starts, anchors, starts, and finishes with insulting me and business. <laughs> I love it. And so at the end of the presentation, I looked at it and I said, well done, Harold, you cheeky bugger. So this is why I say, like, talk about humor. I mean, I never said that to the full group. Some of my colleagues and they're laughing. But this is when you talk about, you know, the humor, but also that competitiveness. Like, that's a healthy competitiveness. Like, he wanted to up the game and even kind of reminded people, here's how I'm going to try to do it better, or I'm going to do it better than business and than Gina. So I ranted on it, but I think that example of the humor ties also to the, the competitiveness, and we can have those healthy kind of sense of competitive. I love that. Like, how fun is that? How fun is that? <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> Before you close, I would like to say something. <laughs> what, what are you going to say? <laughs> There's my three. Sorry. Dude. You can edit them one if you want. Yeah. I, 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 I'm about to get scolded because <clears throat> I'm going to take number two because I think we're going to create a whole new session or a whole new podcast on number three. So she has to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, my my face is hurting, Gina. I would, <laughs> would 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 you ever come back and do another one? Because <laughs> we. I was going to ask you like, how hard are you going to make it the next time? Because now now you're going to be armed and prepared, and you're going to start throwing stuff at me to see if you know. Maybe I'm like a one trick wonder, right? I've used it all today. I've used. I mean, I'm always happy to come back. But again, you know, I have to manage your expectations around. You know, you get one show, and maybe I don't have anything else to offer to you. Wait, you know what? If there's if there's enough swag, we could probably do. We could probably work something. <laughs> I like socks, by the way. I I do I do enjoy a nice pair of socks. <laughs> a lot of other people. They were very excited. Um, but fair enough to my colleague, right? I, I mean, you gotta love that. You have to love that. Uh, Gina, you, you um, uh, I've enjoyed I've I've enjoyed the the workplace we've had with you because of the humor uh, and and i uh, i appreciate when you talk about even doing stuff at your own expense even if i have to strap on skates and goalie equipment to make a few people laugh fine right so you know as a positive i'm trying to Kavis, i'm trying to be serious now <laughs> 
<laughs> you you've done an entire talk on positive leadership today, and and I'm 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 grateful for that. Like it, it's uh, uh, and being committed to positive leadership because it's it's a challenging and probably the most difficult thing that we, we have to do to work. We need to figure out how to do it in our homes. And the more of us that we get to do that, the you know the greater impact we're going to have in our communities, and and you know communities start right from where you live and the people that you work with, and and it and it it, it spreads out. And so, um, uh, I this was a very motivating discussion. I've written down all the time marks that that where I'm like, there are some wonderful quotes here, Gina, and it's like the whole page is filled with these time marks I got to go back and listen to. So, uh, you know, I think for anybody and everybody who's listening to this, they're going to have a great time and, and they're going to have to listen to this a couple of times. Cavis, you want to close this off? I already have the one that's the outtake. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, any, I'm almost afraid to ask any final thoughts. <laughs> I said way too much. Because I'm worried when Kavis said, I know which one I'm going to use, and you're saying I have all these. I mean, to be honest, Paul, I have this tendency when you say, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sure. And I think, oh, no. What have I done? And he's like, I have to be honest, but I have to be careful. You know, you have to have some. This has worked out wonderfully. It's been a lovely way to end my week. So thank you for playing with me, really, is what I would say. And I do also want to be, you know, very clear. I mean, a lot of what we've talked about is I try to live this, but I don't get it right every day. And actually, I'm sure lots of days I don't get it right. But what I can say is I really try to show up the next day and to be better. And, you know, I have a lot of people around me who trust me, but I know that actually it's not all a big fan club, right? And for those people's lived experiences, I'm not going to dispute that. Um, but I do try my very hardest to treat people with respect and with integrity and, you know, really have some fun along the way and usually not at their expense. <laughs> so, so on Thank that note, Colin, I, I have to say that this has been, uh, I've been having one of those challenging weeks <laughs> and this has turned the table. <laughs> tremendously so so thank you you know Gina we usually we usually send off people and remind them to be bald and <laughs> for you I don't know if you make an exception or not but because uh, <laughs> clearly you like hair for whatever reason you just like to have hair but yeah, but I, I thank you so much again I, this, this is this is fun I enjoy every conversation I have with you so it's wonderful to be able to have it in this format and um, and I'm sure people will really enjoy uh, enjoy our talk today. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Lovely to meet you, Kavis. And uh, um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Colin and Kavis, you will get one of those lightning dancing water bottles coming your way. Again, thanks for the opportunity. It's been fun. And again, thank you for letting me end my week this way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bald Leadership. If you enjoyed the show, Please follow, like, and share. See you next time.